Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Decades Best Podcast. This week, this episode, let's not lie to ourselves, these don't come out weekly. I have enlisted Grant to discuss a 2019 movie, a movie that we have already reviewed as on the main podcast I did with Ben, Lauren, and John. Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. This is his third, third movie of the decade. Um, we can have a we can have a little bit of a broader discussion of the other two movies, which were I was planning on it, but you don't have to. Uh, but Django Unchained and Hateful Eight, mm-hmm. but both of which I would say are probably at the, the I, both movies I enjoy quite thoroughly, but mm-hmm. I would say are my least favorite of his movies, which is crazy because Death Proof Death Proof is a movie of his. Well, Death Proof's fucking amazing. So I mean that's that's why you're insane. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> Go rewatch Death Proof. Um I also uh, have the benefit of seeing Death Proof the first time as part of the Grindhouse Theater experience. As did I. You did? And you didn't did. go gaga for that fucking movie? And it was not that good. Okay. Alright, well, we're not gonna talk about Death Proof. We're here to talk about What's Fine Time in Hollywood, which stars Leo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. This Movie, after my first viewing, was definitely going to be on my decade's best list. But I got to see it a second time. I believe you've only seen it once, correct, Ben? Correct, yeah. Or Ben, Grant. Uh, too many Gregs in my life. Um, mm. The There can only be one. <laughs> it shot through the... like. It became a strong, full five-star movie. I would say it's my third favorite Tarantino movie. So the first time you saw it... You liked it, but you didn't love it? No, no, I, I loved it the first time, and I loved it even more. Like, I would have said, I, it felt a little long the first time, mm-hmm. and... I disagree, but... Um... No, no, I mean, not not in any way, it, it did not it did not drag, but I could feel the length the first time. Okay. And I think I just, the middle of that movie, you just, you just, the first time you watch it, it's great. Everything that's happening is great. But it just was not what I was expecting at all. So seeing it a second time, really just knowing exactly what I was getting into, I could just sit back and not anticipate. Like, I don't think, I don't think I really, the movie, re- the first time I saw it, I did not lock into the movie until DiCaprio was, flubs his lines and has his freak out. Crazy. I was, I was in. No, I was I I was in, but I didn't settle like I wasn't like on it. But at that point of the movie, it becomes much more traditionally structured. I don't know. It's um, I would say I don't. I guess it still does jump around a bit, and the Spawn Ranch sequence is also a very extended thing to itself. But I think the year. Yes, I think this. Well, I would say the final scene of this movie is the best, possibly the best scene in the year. But I mean. it was great also. Yes. Anyway. The Spawn Ranch sequence. I mean, I thought Brad Pitt was going to die. Like, I was fully... I know. I was like, That's he's not getting out of there. And then, he, you know, and then Tarantino does a great job. Like, then they have this great, like, the warmth of, in that scene when they get there. I jumped off what I was saying. But let's talk about the Spawn Ranch sequence. Because it is excellent. And... I mean, it was it was great going into the movie and not, mm-hmm. not having anything spoiled. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of... You don't know how these guys are going to fit in to 
you know, the, the tragedy that you know is mm-hmm. looming, mm-hmm. The, the threat that's looming. And I, I think that was just, I don't know. Obviously, you loved it the second time around, so that's not going to be... I loved it the first time I went, like, I, I see myself watching this movie over and over again. Like, it's going to... Okay. Like, when I, I discussed on our last episode, in, in I'm pretty sure in 10 years, well, this movie's are going to be my favorite movie of the year. I What? What? I mean, it's just too hard to say. There's so many movies that we haven't seen yet that are going to be really good. I understand. I... I, I, that's how gaga I am for this. Like, if something, if I view something as better than this, where we, it, I'm gonna have to think it's really fucking good. <laughs> Jeez. That's how, that's what I'm saying. That's why I was able to make such a, I did make a giant leap. I went from like a solid A to like a crazy A plus with this movie. And it'll be interesting to see in 10 years where I view it on my decades favorite because right now i don't it's sitting outside my top 20 still even though i'm this head over heels for it i I imagine it'll be higher after i get to watch it even more and just realize how it just never doesn't work gotcha (laughs) well what i was getting at before is i was just like you know it was such a a great experience kind of seeing the way this movie develops and how they are going to play off this that looming tragedy Mm-hmm. And like, then you get this like rush of relief and, you know, they, they make, obviously they make you fall in love with Sharon Tate mm-hmm. and, and like how just alive she is and how, you know, how big of a loss that was. And I think that I'm just, I'm glad to hear that it still really, really works even after it's not just that relief that is making it such a fun and no, I I think I enjoyed Robbie's performance even more the second time watching it, knowing she's not going to get brutally murdered in the end. Uh, <laughs> You're less worried. Makes it even more enjoyable. Yeah. I think the final shot of the movie is incredibly sad and beautiful. Oh, yeah. Just and just the way the once upon a time rolls across the screen. It's, it's perfect. Like it it rivals. This might be my masterpiece as. <laughs> best final no, beat of Tarantino's. I think that I said it rivals. Just... I didn't say okay. It okay, it, it rivals. Uh, Bastards is still my favorite movie of his, but in the fact that sp- the Spawn Rant sequence doesn't, it's still like you can still see that how it expertly crafted it is and paced. But it, I would know it near as tense watching it the second time, obviously. But you can appreciate it for all these other reasons. You can sit back and I think. I think I appreciated all the performances even more the second time around. Just nice. knowing where they were going. Like, uh, yeah, I think DiCaprio's was the one that changed the least. Okay. But I think he See, was also the one I was the highest on the first time I saw the movie. See, I, I feel like that I, as much as I think he's, he is a great character and compelling, he wasn't as much fun as the rest of the movie. And obviously that's, by design. I mean, he's not supposed to be a fu- in a fun part of his life right here. But you're not going to find a funnier scene in a movie than when he fucking is talking about how many fucking gin and tonics he ate, drank. And <laughs> I, he's like, I, I definitely he laughed. Th- like, <laughs> I mean, between this and Wolf of Wall Street, DiCaprio has two of the funniest performances of the last 10 years, I think, which is fucking crazy that he's not even thought of in that way. It's, um, yeah, but keep going. And what his you're right by design his stuff is more contemplative yeah, it's, in it's, that he's you know sad and 
worried about his station in life, but right. And so I was wondering maybe at a rewatch, I'll appreciate that part more. But that's mm-hmm. interesting to see for you to say that that one that's not a role that a, a, a character that you thought improved on second viewing really. I, like the other but ones. but I would like I said I was also the highest on him going yeah, in. That's true, and I don't know. I I mean I think Robbie is a third is a but she's amazing. I'm not sliding her in any way by saying that. Did her feet hold up as well the second time? Or Do what? Did, were her feet as good the second time, or not as good as the first time? <laughs> um, uh, Margot Margaret Qualley's feet um, stood stood out more this time. Actually, I just wish I, just give us one foot scene. We don't need two feet scene. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Just do your foot scene and then get over it. I think it's a fuck you to people who complain about it every time. Well, fuck you too, Quentin. <laughs> Christ, I'm tired I also of it. loved how he added snoring women, beautifully oh. laying snoring women. He does that twice in the movie as, too, as well as a new fetish for him, apparently. <laughs> I don't see, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel as like worried for women. You know, it's not like <laughs> there's creepy dudes scouring the internet for snoring women, I don't think. I don't know. I don't know. It's going to become a thing. Uh, if if so, it's pretty freaking harmless. <laughs> what? So, Spawn Ranch, what's your favorite scene in the movie? Loved it. And, and you're right. The, the the main climax was fantastic, too. But Spawn Ranch, you just, you just, you get the whole, you get text checking him out. You mm-hmm. get, he's, and you're like, this is, he, Brad Pitt had just been, able to handle every situation so well and he's just cruising along and you don't know what he's getting at you know you don't know well what you know he doesn't are. he but you know he's not gonna you know he's never gonna stop going towards that door too which is great for the tension well, like you never talking about a little earlier around. why is he why is he getting out what's he he doesn't want to he's not gonna sleep with this girl what's he what's he getting at i think he honestly wanted to check on the guy oh no i know but i didn't know that at the beginning Oh, okay. And now, I mean, he, maybe I'm just, it's my second, I mean, he has the concern, like, he gives Quali mm-hmm. an eyebrow when she gets in the car and finds out they're at Spawn, right? Like, I, I think he, from the get-go, when I feel like the first time I saw it, I knew as like, he's going to check on this guy, he's going to make sure he's not dead, and I think the second viewing improves that scene, even though it's not as tense, because, you know, he gets out. Because you can see Pitt putting just the right amount of fear into Cliff's eyes. Like, he's confident, but he knows he has to be very careful in this situation. Yeah. And it just, Pitt gives such a beautifully nuanced he does, performance. He does, it is such a good performance. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. But. He, uh, and I think that's that just became even more clear the second time of the movie, too. Yeah, it's also an interesting choice of having Spawn not really know or care about yeah it's character yeah. Cliff yeah. Booth. He, he doesn't it's not like oh oh i'm so glad you came to see me yeah he doesn't even know the fuck he is it's like who? It, yeah Get, think i know like, she has red fucking hair told you i'm blind <laughs> great little nice, performance nice performance but yeah uh, Bruce Bruce Stern. Stern. i was supposed to be burt reynolds before he passed away oh um he even did the table read, apparently. So uh, that would have been nice. Now I got to pour one out. <laughs> what are so we've talked, discussed the big three, and I've mentioned Margaret Qualley, and I think on the big regular podcast that we did, I there was a lot of praise for her, and she is someone I've been aware of. This is definitely her biggest role 
to date, she might not be as good as she is in that Kenzo Spike Jones directed uh perfume ad though. Go watch it. Go Google it. This is not Do the, I have to? Yes, you should. Like it's legit fucking amazing. It's like a spiritual sequel to the Weapon of Choice video that he directed. Oh nice. Okay. With her basically just crazy dancing all around this opera house. It's it's fantastic. That's your homework for the night. I really hope she gets I hope she breaks out of this and gets to do a lot more because I think she is she's fantastic. She goes pound for pound with Pitt. Every time you see her, you get why Pitt's attracted to her. I love the um it's uh, the, the the graduate what's the graduate song? Mrs. Robinson. I yeah. love the needle drop when she first pops up on screen and the jailbait. There's everything there is just fantastic. Speaking of, uh, soundtrack is just oh, well, the soundtrack is incredible. As well. And you know how I feel about Neil Diamond. So this, I <laughs> do mean, I? It, it went after Neil Hard, and <laughs> I was in for it. <laughs> just a um, big old Neil Diamond blanket watching this movie. I've definitely listened to the soundtrack quite a lot. It's his best since Death Proof. Yeah, I said it. But I guess there's other movies since Death Proof didn't have. No, as you're much right. Pop the Death songs. Proof soundtrack probably was the best part of that movie. I'll give you that. <laughs> Death Proof. But you know what? The commercials, as fun as they were, when I'm watching, listening to the soundtrack, I'm like, ah, I'm not, I don't want these commercials. Uh, yeah, I, I would, I prefer, uh, they, they've integrated it into some of the songs too, so you can't get around it nope, very you easily. you can't get rid of them. No. But every time you, but, but when you throw the soundtrack on though, you feel like you're watching the movie again a little bit though. So I appreciate it in that aspect. Well, it's just, it's like we had people over and they're like, what the hell are we listening to? I was like, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a thing. Uh, just put on the, uh, put on Neil the uh, American Graffiti soundtrack next time. No interstitial Wolfman Jack thanks with that one. <laughs> the, the, so you're saying they did have Wolfman in the American Graffiti soundtrack? I don't think they maybe have one bit of him in there. One track. I don't know isolated. if there's an official. I don't know if there's an official. It's not on Spotify. I don't think it's people have made a playlist that has all the songs in it. But we also call me crazy. Okay. About American Graffiti. Okay. Do we ever see? Do we ever see? <laughs> uh, Harrison Ford and Wolfman in the same spot. <laughs> What's that supposed no. to mean? No, we don't. He's Wolfman the whole time. What a great fucking movie, by the way. Um, <laughs> Julia Butters plays Trudy, the young star. And I had a... Uh, she is... I enjoyed her more. I She was the one thing that was kind of, quote-unquote, spoiled for me. Like, there was a lot of hype for her. Like, how great she oh, yeah. was. That leaked, like, that trickled down through the interwebs. Even if you were trying to be cautiously avoid stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was a little caught off guard, I guess, the first time. I was like, this is what we're getting all hyped before. But the second time through, separated from that, like, she is just fantastic and against, even if she is a little too, I guess it's what she's supposed to be. Like, she seems to, like, she doesn't seem like a eight-year-old girl in any way shape or form right like she she seems like a little grown-up person but i guess that's what well, she's supposed to be at the same time i like it because it's like she's a stand-in for the new generation of actors coming yeah. on mm-hmm. i don't know if, i'm assuming that's what was it was designed for her. and mm-hmm. she's like maybe it even works better because she is so young and obviously that's that generation still got a ways to come but i'm, I'm surprised they didn't um 
I guess there's too many other people for things to people to get controversial about I, that nobody ever came after the line <laughs> where the last line between that in that long scene where they're sitting next to each other, where DiCaprio is like, yeah, you're going to have to worry about it in 15 years. And she's like, what? <laughs> you have to worry about oh, like being aged being out past your prime. Yeah, at the, at the age, ripe old age of 23. <laughs> I, don't even, I didn't even remember that. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. It's brutal. Should we get into the controversy then? Yeah. Let's talk about the controversy and that there is none in the whole movie. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I don't get it. I don't get anything, any of it. Maybe, maybe I'm using it as an excuse to like why I'm going to forgive it, just because obviously Cliff Booth is such a great character. Mm-hmm. But I interpreted there being a wave that that boat hit, mm-hmm. and that is why the gun goes off. I agree. He okay, was, I had not heard anyone ever say that. He was also hammered. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed at you're, the joke. You're still not allowed to mur- murder your spouse if you're hammered. I've I, that's found true. Out the hard way. Okay. <laughs> he gets a tisk tisk. <laughs> Even with a harpoon gun. Oh yeah. Regardless. The I don't. I laughed. I thought it was funny. I just I get like oh violent. I I get we shouldn't be laughing. Like violence towards women is not funny, but that doesn't mean. You can't have something that is funny, even if it's something that isn't funny. Like I like, does that make sense? No. Uh, no, that doesn't make sense. But like, yes, in real life, we should never laugh at the violence mm-hmm. towards women. But in a fictional world, you can mind humor out of it. Like this is such a heightened reality of a Tarantino film. Well, even if it's his most up, grounded movie, this came up in Daisy Dahmer Duke. Dahmer Duke. Yeah, same also. thing. Yes. And it's like, she, like, are we, wait, are we really just saying, it's like, oh, every woman, despite what person, type of person she is, yeah, you know, is, needs to be, you know, set aside. I mean, that's kind of being insane towards women. That's like saying, oh, well, women can't do anything, protect themselves or have any agency yeah. for themselves. Yeah. They have to all be protected. What the fuck? <laughs> no, Daisy Domergook was a terrible person. Person, person who would have killed every do, single person yeah, she, in that room if given the opportunity. <laughs> absolutely. So yes, I can laugh at it when she gets punched in the face. Yeah. And it was it's funny. Insane. Tarantino does a great job of making that funny. And that also goes to the the Bruce Lee of it all. Like the fact that people are outraged that he lost a fight, kind of. The fight that we actually the time where they're actually fighting, it is clearly a draw. No one's beating anybody. Mm, I don't know about that. No, because the first time, when when Cliff throws him into the car, I think he's Cliff co- was setting him up for the, yes, for the first he, time. He was cocky. Yes, exactly. That's what happened. It was neither one of those things counted as anything. Like Cliff let it the first thing happen, so he could do the throw him into the car and let him oh. feel confident and cocky. And then when they started going at it, like who the fuck cares if Bruce Lee doesn't beat the shit out of this guy? I don't get it. Like. It shouldn't matter what person. The Lee family cared. Yeah, I. I, I <laughs> but it is it is weird though. Like that. Uh, obviously, Tarantino is a huge Bruce Lee fan. Yes. So why why kind of portray him as such a ass? Really, I don't. Kind of interesting. I don't know. I didn't. You're you're not alone in that sentiment. Like he's very cocky and braggadocious. Yeah. But I didn't think of him as a bad person. Like, no, I. He, he also is not is, deserved to be murdered. 
<laughs> but he he did kind of deserve to be put in his place a little bit. It seemed like is yeah. the way he was portrayed. But is that uh, again? It's a character. I don't. I don't. It's, it's just because it's a real person doesn't mean that. So Sean Finnessy had an interesting uh, theory about this: mm-hmm. is that this was Cliff Booth's perspective. Oh, yeah. I, and that, watching it a second time, I don't buy that. But I guess I remember. I don't. I didn't, I didn't really. It was interesting interpretation. I thought because not he, what I thought. I think they they didn't quite remember what Cliff said when they talked about that. When they come back, Cliff says it was worth it. To cut back to him after he comes out of his memory, so I think Cliff is confirming that all that actually happened. Well, he could be confirming that he tried to pick a fight with him. Yeah, doesn't mean he necessarily won the but fight. He, but in my here's perspective. here's the other wrinkle that I haven't heard discussed enough is that Tarantino respects Bruce Lee so much that he wants you to believe this character can hold their own with the best fighter of the time, besides Muhammad Ali, according to Cliff Booth, or Cassius Clay. And then we know as a viewer, though, that Bruce Lee is the absolute fucking shit at this point. And if you can go toe-to-toe with him, it's all... Every single scene with Cliff is perfectly crafted so that you buy that he can do the things he does in the last scene of the movie. Because if you don't buy that he could do all those things, that scene is nowhere near as fun or as visceral or as fucking gnarly as it is. No, we didn't need it, man. We, I already had total faith in Cliff Booth being able, after handling himself at Spawn Ranch, after handling himself around everyone, the, how charismatic he is and how, you know, obviously being a stuntman and you kind of see his athleticism. I don't think I needed to see him go toe to toe with the, you know, the kung fu master. Okay, agree to disagree. Yeah, this calls over. The the, <laughs> the scene, podcast over. The scene is great, and I no, I, it, it it was a lot of fun to mm-hmm. see it. It was just and Brad Pitt is so fucking good in the scene, like the way I don't know, the way he takes his he takes the toupee off and hangs it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What else? Is there anything else you can uh, get off your chest on this movie? Where do you rank it co- in Tarantino's? Oh yeah, well, that's a good. That's a good thing to jump into for now. All right, so for me, I have trouble doing that. I agree that it's better than, way better than Django Unchained. I loved Hateful Eight a lot more than most. Um, I, I really be- like. I I mean I I would give Hateful Eight an A minus. I, I, yeah, but it's it's. I think it's my least favorite. Okay. Well, that's that's a fair rating. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I I do think it is better than Hateful Eight, so I'd say it's his best of the decade. But when I start comparing it against, you know, Reservoir Dogs and mm-hmm. and Jackie Brown and Kill Bills and Pulp Fictions, I I I don't know what goes where. It's it's after watching this, I did kind of had a thing. I was like, okay, obviously. We all can agree that Death Proof is his worst movie, but what's his second worst movie that he's written and directed? And I have no idea what's put there. So maybe Django Unchained. I don't even. It's they're all so good. I mean, I felt I was happy that I didn't feel slightly disappointed in a Tarantino movie, and the fact that as much as I loved and appreciated 
I think Django is the movie I least appreciated of his coming out of the theater, but I came to appreciate more on future viewings. Hmm. And like I said, I have Hateful Eight in my bottom still. But I think on first viewing, I liked Django less and came to like it more. I don't think I've only seen Hateful Eight once in the theaters as well. So that movie could potentially grow for me too. But mm-hmm. I was I was very happy to like know like, oh, this is a this isn't the bottom of for having a having the feeling that the last two Tarantino movies were two of my least favorites, even if I love them. I was happy to have Hollywood feel uh, definitely in the top five for me the first time I saw it. And yeah, I, I, I think I rewatched all of his movies except Hateful Eight last year. So I feel pretty good with my ranking. But even looking yeah. at it now, like. I could definitely... Inglorious Bastards is the only one I don't see it jumping. But, like, looking at my top five, it feels funny to jump Kill Bill and Jackie I, Brown a little bit. You think it's gonna... You think it's over Pulp Fiction? I think it could God. be, depending on the day. Like, I, but I think if I rewatch Pulp Fiction, it's like, oh, yeah. Every time you watch Pulp Fiction, you're like, yeah, why would I ever doubt this movie's amazing? What about that episode of ER? Is it better than that one? <laughs> Those don't count. The pilot, um, maybe? But I have it at three of of nine. Gotcha. No, I just I I, I have trouble ranking it, but probably mm-hmm. below, probably not in the, one of the top two because probably for me that's Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards in no no particular order maybe, mm-hmm. and then um, it's probably in the Reservoir Dogs uh, little Kill tiers. Bill this is how and, I do Pixar uh, movies. Pixar yeah, movies are more tier, tiered. Tiers for a good me. idea. Yeah. Easier to but, tier movie twenty movies a, than nine, a, but. Big old second tier, though, man. Yeah, I would say Reservoir Django Hateful are my bottom tier. And I would put Bastards Pulp Fiction in the top. And then Kill Bill, Jackie Brown, Death Proof. Mm. Well, Death Proof is probably in the bottom tier with those other three. So I probably have two tiers. I feel confident in a two-tier system. <laughs> which doesn't help shore up anything, really, since there's still four and five movies in each of those. <laughs> Do you think he's only going to make one more movie? Um, if, and would you be okay gonna... with that if he started making Netflix miniseries, which yeah, he seems I think, intrigued I by? I think that's what he's going to do, is he's going to be like, it's not a movie, it's a... Mm-hmm. He's gonna pull, it's or a... is he just going to pull a Soderbergh, make one, two seasons of a TV show, and then come back? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. So, so Soderbergh is coming... Oh, yeah, Soderbergh, he's, is, he's got one coming up, that's right. No, he's got. he's done Logan Lucky, he did Unsane, he did High Flying Bird. He has the laundromat, which comes out in a few weeks. These were all supposed to be after he was done. These are all post Nick. Yes, <laughs> he's back. That's he's funny. back. He's he's out of retirement. Yeah, and he shot and edited Magic Mike XXL when he was <laughs> retired. <laughs> Where does this gonna go in your rankings? Like in the decade, oh. you can ballpark um, it. So I need to rewatch it, obviously, but mm-hmm. I would say probably fifties. Fifties. What, what, where is it ranking the movies we discussed? The movies we all right. So obviously behind um, Martha Marcy, Martha Marcy and Mary Marlene, and behind Upstream Color. I mm-hmm. think I think those just provide such a unique vision that uh, you know we I've seen Tarantino's vision before, so I think that. But I, wouldn't you say this is the least Tarantino-y movie though? Oh, yeah. It's not um, full of could qu- be lions. <laughs> Quippy one-liners, like the movie's very funny, but it—I would say the script isn't as showy with like 
these big lines and stuff like that. Yeah. And so. the movie is not violent until the very end. I don't know. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of TV shows of violence. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of shooting. <laughs> you're, you're talking about. What if we kill the, kill the guys? That girl is in um, the, the girl who comes up with the idea to kill Rick Dalton and his Margarita Blender. Mm-hmm. She is in Better Things, which is one of the most underrated television shows on TV. FX. Highly recommended. Cool. Um, what's her face? What was it called again? Better Things. Better Things. Okay. It's on FX. Sure. You can watch it on Hulu. You, I know you don't do the subscription service very often, but it's there. It's there. Waiting for me. Just like everything else. You can bundle it with Disney Plus for the children. You know like you want to watch Mandalorian, The Mandalorian. It's a little tempting. Tempting, yes. <laughs> Uh, and totally all those Marvel shows. The past. I think they're going to be good. Um, what fuck? I got to delay it again. What were you talking about? Oh, what were you, what was above it? Upstream, Martha. Oh, uh, yeah. 127 I'd hours. Say, I'd say 127 hours is below this. Or okay. is higher number. Higher <laughs> number. Yeah. Well, Lower quality. That's, is that higher? or is that, that's Yeah, it's higher, right? <laughs> Gosh, it's confusing. I would say it's a lower. This is not as good as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Silence, hmm. not on my list. Yeah, don't think it's gonna make mine either. What else? Uh, what else have we discussed? Is that it? I think it might be it. I think we have done. Well, we did our we did our hodgepodge last. We reviewed twenty eighteen and stuff. Yeah. Okay. And has anything else you've seen this year? Gonna? Do you think um, has a shot? So I'd say, Toy Story Four's got mm-hmm. a shot at it. Do you like Toy Story 4 more than Toy Story 3? So, I think if you take away the incineration scene mm-hmm. from 3, mm-hmm. I, th- I think th- there's nothing as good in th- and 4 as the incineration th- scene in 3. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yes. So, But you I prefer 4 as a whole. Highs, but I think the rest of the movie was more enjoyable. Now, what if you I take think. away the Woody Goodbye scene from 4? Take away the two big emotional scenes, like the, the the goodbye to the the toys. I think I, I think it's still better. Okay, and way better than two. That's right, and better than one probably. Let's be honest. Interesting. Nothing else. I don't think Booksmart's going to get there. But you said I've Midsummer. Got... You're not as high on Midsummer. Mids- oh yeah, we haven't talked about that on the pod. Um, so Midsummer, I, uh, you know, I was. I've, maybe I've, I've seen, seen I've seen twice and seen both cuts. Was it? I've seen there's two cuts. Yep, there's a director's cut. Holy but Thirty minutes longer. And I I prefer the theatrical only because I think it's a little bit more. It's less explicit, but I think a lot of people prefer explicit in explaining what the fuck's happening, mm-hmm. not in violence and gruesome jumping off cliff imagery. The I think we get to know a little bit too much about Danny's. See, people seem to appreciate more that. Um, what's the fucking boyfriend's name? He looks like a bigger piece of shit than he already did in the first <laughs> the theatrical wow. cut. And she, she, I think it leaves not enough mystery. I feel like there's more mystery to what she's thinking at the end of the movie. Well, yeah, I think that's important is to actually have some doubt in what she's going to do and have, have her be like, man, she's kind of gone. Yeah. A little bit. Is she too far gone? Because 
I mean, that's she's murdering someone here. Yeah, yeah. I but I I I I give them the same grade. They're both like A minuses. But I, okay. I would... So I might have been a little too hyped up for it. I'll mm-hmm. admit. So maybe this would be better on a second viewing. Mm-hmm. But I thought beyond that, the first sequence with the family, mm-hmm. the the sister and the parents. Mm-hmm. I just I was not surprised by anything i saw which is kind of crazy to say because a lot of crazy shit happens but no i i don't think i think that's intentional that's interesting lauren had the same she did not like the movie and that's why she's like she saw everything coming yeah it's just but i think it's not in more compelling twists i guess or something something that it just it just i was just having so much fun watching the movie and laughing hysterically throughout most of that movie i did not find it i think and this is like the billionth time i've said this but i think aster isn't trying to surprise you and try to scare you or try like i don't think that's his goal i think i think he wants he creates a loving portrait of this community and they just happen i think if they if someone from the community watched this movie about their community they'd be like that's a beautiful representation of who we are and what we do. And it's not supposed to be, I think the movie can be unsettling at times, but it's not supposed to twist and surprise. Like, you know where it's heading. Like, yeah, I know. It, yeah. I don't know. I just, it wasn't that gripping to me. Mm-hmm. It just, it like, I don't know. It seems like uh, when you have so much potentially going for it, in such crazy environment, it seems like I should just have been gripped on the edge of my seat or just into it more than I was. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would say, I, I definitely respect on, it. I was never on the edge of my seat, but I was mm-hmm. having a blast watching it. You can, um, okay. Ben could attest. I was sitting. I, we did not. We saw that we were in the same screening, but we were not sitting together. We were on opposite sides of the theater, and he's like, "I could hear you laughing the whole movie." <laughs> So that 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 mids me laughing throughout Midsummer, and then also paired with laughing throughout the house that Jack built, um, says quite a lot about my sense of humor. I think. Um, no other contenders. As, like I said, I really liked Booksmart a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, really went for it, but I don't think that's going to make the decade's best. I think that uh, there. I think my favorite movie of the year I've not seen yet. I think there's a lot of a what lot do you of good think stuff that's going to be. Marriage Story. I, I'm really excited about Mary's story. Actually, <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> no, I just I'm very excited. About it's that just story. everybody is. Yeah, um, just, Noah, Noah Bombin. Did I, you ever watch uh, his the Meyerowitz stories? Did you watch that? I didn't get around to that oh, one. Yeah, you need to watch that. It's excellent. I do. Well. I do. Yeah, uh, Souvenir. I'm really excited to see. I didn't get around oh, to that souvenir one. Souvenir is good. That should be popping up for free on Prime soon. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see myself loving Two Popes, Waves, Marvelous Brooklyn. Pain and Glory, Lighthouse, Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. The ones that have yet to come out that I think, since you guffawed at me when I said um, this will be tough to beat, of the movies left to come out that I think have a chance. I I think if JJ does something different and sticks the landing, I, I, I don't, I don't see how I'm going to appreciate Rise of Skywalker more than Last Jedi. But if he d- really nails it, I, my ho- Star Wars homerism will probably 
take that one over the top. But I do not anticipate that happening. From everything I hear about Parasite, it sounds like it's fucking incredible. And, yeah, what's that one? I and forget. I prefer everybody. I prefer Bong Joon-ho doing smaller stuff versus his big action stuff. He's Snowpiercer? Snowpiercer, right? o- Okja. I need to see Okja. The Host, which are his biggest movies in the U.S., but I would I prefer Mother and... Oh, Parasite's out. Oh, no, it's not. Why? Memories of Showtime's reserved for November. <laughs> wow. Uh, Memories of a Murderer are, is excellent as well. That's on Amazon Prime. That's like the Korean Zodiac. Um, you should watch it. Marriage Story, um, Hidden Life, Terrence Malick is always viable to... Mm-hmm. Uh, Waves, I'm yep. on the trade or Schultz train. Yep. Uncut Gems, yep. like you said. Um, I was, I've was. i only seen The Good, Good Time. It's the only Safdie Brothers movie I've seen, but I've heard this I actually is, didn't know there was another one. What's, what, what else? Uh, they they have a few other ones. Okay. But they, they, they're much smaller, harder to see movies. Knives Out could definitely play to the populist mm-hmm. side of me. I, that, I didn't list it because I just feel like I probably will enjoy it a lot. Yeah. But I probably won't love it more than anything else this year. <laughs> we'll see. The Lighthouse, like you said. Yes. Um, it's going to be I, good, right? I can't wait. Little Women. I, I have faith in Greta Gerwig doing something interesting. 1917 has an incredible trailer. <laughs> the new Sam Mendes movie. Uh, I don't know. This. It's a World War I oh. in the trenches movie. Apparently it might be one single take as well. There's rumors. And then what the the last one I would say is The Irishman. Because you never know with Scorsese. I think I know that it's not going to be my favorite of the year. Mm-hmm. We'll see. I, I, I bet I like it. You know what movie is sneakily the trailer I love? Even I have to avoid the though. Is it? Have you? Well, yes. The Joker trailer is great. I I am fully prepared. Wait, why are that, you watching trailers again? I thought you were. Well, I, I just see him at the theater. You know, okay. I I, I kind of half watch them. Queen and Slim. Have you seen the trailer for that? The new the guy from Get Out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I don't know. It it's like a modern. It's like a modern day Bonnie Bonnie and Clyde wrapped around. Not not a true story, but wrapped around a potent, a police incident. The trailer looks really good. It's also written by Lena Waithe, I believe, the from hmm. Master of None. There's also the laundromat Soderbergh. I can always go crazy about. And yeah, put I put that one on the list. Going back to Joker, I am a walking phoenix head, and if he sure. is as amazing as he is, they say he is in it. I could see myself going Gaga for that movie, so mm-hmm. we'll see. So that's why that's why I was just saying. I think it's too soon for you to make declarations before you. I seen agree. I, I totally see where you're coming from. There's there's there, there, I just listed twelve or thirteen movies that I'm super excited about, but I just think that stresses how high I went up on. Sure. On this one. So, and I, also Jojo Rabbit. When's the last time Taika yes. Waititi did a bad movie? He, never. Well, I haven't. I've never seen the first two. I never saw Evil vs. Shark, which I know He's you're good. a big fan of. And then uh, I never saw Boy either. But I did not see that. Hunt, which that's on streaming services. I have no excuse not to see it. But um, Hunt for the Wilder People, I believe, was in my top five the year it came out. And Thor Ragnarok is one of the most delightful of the Marvel movies. So, Yep, I guess I, I do probably owe you an apology because I told you that it was a waste of Taika Waititi directing Thor. <laughs> and I uh, I didn't realize how much freedom they are going to give him. Oh, well, there's, we also forgot Shadows, which is a movie that I did not appreciate very much the first time I saw it, largely because I was so turned off by Taika Waititi in the movie. And which I is think, also insane because he was great. Which I've gotten on the film's 
wavelength in subsequent yeah, viewings. Yeah, yeah. And the TV show Attaboy. is really good as well, too. Okay. Well, I like how you, you stop my apology and apologize to me almost. That was good. <laughs> Wish I would have more. That's going to do it for this one, I think. Wait, I do what? have a uh, Call Me Crazy for... Oh, okay. Call Me Crazy. Um, call Me Crazy. But I think Tarantino is trying to say that margaritas have the power to change the world. <laughs> I mean, he's hilarious in that moment, too. Like, oh my god, DiCaprio. So good. It's it's good stuff. I, 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 I'm glad. I'm so glad I didn't see the... Uh, the joke for the where the best acting I've ever seen joke. And then he just It works. It, so I did I I watched both the trailers for this movie before it came out and that scene still works and it works even better in the movie because of everything that came before it. Like it has completely That's new true. meaning out of context from the tra- context from the trailer. Well see you didn't I didn't know if he was gonna pull it together. Well the so. way the, I think actually to talk about trailers for a second. They do an amazing job with those trailers because the way they set up the trailers, you think the downfall, like Rick being all worried about his career, is going to be the middle act of the movie, not the very first thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Because they show all this fun, loving, 69 stuff. And then then they show him like, well, buddy, that's it. You know, um, also another highly underrated moment of the movie where I was one of the few people laughing in the theater was... Don't let the Mexicans see you cry. No, well, no, that was... Everybody laughed at that. <laughs> so apparently I feel like I was the only one laughing at that point so for some reason. But the um, DiCaprio during doing the the voices on the tape recorder when he's practicing his lines is, good. is really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. I think it pays off well too. Yes, Mexican, Mexican, Mexican. That's gonna do it for this one. Where can you find Grant on the internet? At Five Dollar Wrench on Twitter. I'm at Zach Goldenberg. Where you can find that? You can find us at MiddleofRow.com, Middle of Row on Twitter. But um, yeah, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. And boo hippies. <laughs> They're no good. People got mad about that shit. Fuck people. Well, I mean, hippies are nice now. They haven't murdered people in decades. <laughs>